0: Okay, so the question or the observation was that at first glance or with the first demonstration, and you don't need to keep rattling your bones everywhere. You can just have a seat quickly. Um, At first glance, with first demonstration, you're not sure what you're seeing. Um, Or you think you're seeing something else. And the reason why I said that that is a very important or very profound observation is because, or especially so, because we come from a culture where we are expected to trust our eyes um, our perception goes unquestioned. And this wasn't always the case with the ancients. They had a lot of problems with our eyes, with just seeing, the act of seeing. Even uh, when I trained with Mr. Parker, uh, he had a saying Um, to hear is to doubt, to see is to disbelieve, but to feel is to believe. And that kind of, those phrases are hearkening back to an earlier day where there was considered more truth in what you're feeling versus what you're seeing, Uh, I don't know why we lost track of this truth because we do so much as a people to uh, deceive each other through seeing things, through visible things. So we airbrush all our models, right? Um, The movie with the CGI and the special effects. I mean, we are just masters of, of deceiving our ocular sense. Because it's so capable of being deceived. And so, if I, in my mind, if I am a sincere deshi, um, the way around this, what is this? This is the fact that you're not going to see what, what is actually being put in front of you. You're, you're going to uh, interpret it with and through your ignorance which is all you could do which is your state of mind as you come in your your state of mind is ignorant of what is going on so there's no way your seeing is capable of determining what you what's actually real and not real not even beyond that to it's incapable of seeing accurately it's one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of the person that comes in and wants to look And like, uh, who are you? Where did you get these magic eyes where you come into the dojo on your first day and your first glance is 100% accurate? To me, that's one of the most ultimate acts of pride. And so right from the get-go, to me, I can't train that person because I know you need humility. So any... Any potential new students out there who want to come by, that's probably not the way to get through a trial period. You're, you're, in my world, you're painting yourself as too prideful to train and just go somewhere else. You cannot learn the art somewhere else. The way to, around this is that you just dedicate yourself Right, I do little tricks. Uh, I tell people, hey man, just hang out. For, give yourself three years. It's really just a trick because what happens in three years is you realize, hell, I don't know, shit. Let me hang out two more years and then you're there for five years then you really come to realize, oh my gosh, I can not I can see what's going on and I can't figure it out, and then you're there 10 years. And once you're there 10 years, that's it. The bug's in you, and y- you, you can't leave. The gravity's too strong. But ideally, then, a good student would come and do the trick on themselves and go, hey, I'm giving this 10 years. And it's a way that Deshi in the past, whether it would be via a blood oath or the fact that they were in the clan and there's nowhere to go, you're not going to find food if you leave, you're not going to find security if you leave, right? Ancient civilizations had a way around it. The fact that we can't see, that our eyes are not ready to see what they're looking at at the beginning. So as a modern, I, I, don't even, I don't think a blood oath really does anything nowadays. It's more like a cosplay. I think you have to do it for yourself inside. Hey, I just committed. Like, like, a, like a marriage of old. Not marriage nowadays, Right? you got a 50% chance, you're out. But a marriage of old, like I, I, I signed the dotted line, I committed, I took the oath, I made the vow, and now that's it. And that, that is the best way of overriding the inevitable inaccuracy of your sight. Now, people who don't understand this because they're good consumers and they believe everything they see and they have enough pride where it's real because they see it and it's not real because they don't see it. Talk about it in egocentricity. They will hear this ancient wisdom that problematized The sense of sight, and go. Oh, oh no! That's just. Oh God, no! That's dangerous. We should all get together and save these other people who are making a problem of the sense of sight. We should tell them what to see. It's just insane. I think there's there's just the process of maturing. As you mature, as you as you mature even intellectually, but especially as you mature emotionally or spiritually, you know the sense of sight is just so subject to how the mind is experiencing the world and therefore quite incapable of this objective, perceptive quality that we like to think it has. And I think that's why Parker ended it with to feel is to believe. So you might see a technique like the one we did today and we're talking about floating and we're talking about disturbing their balance and hitting them. And you're not sure how it's happening. You can't see it. And the person who's closed themselves off to learning is going to say, well, therefore it doesn't exist. But if you are not that person and you get in there and you feel the technique and you go, oh my gosh, I got my center lifted. So there, it's there, I feel it. I just don't see how it's happening. Well, that's, that's part of the problem. Stop trying to see it. You are feeling. But when you're looking, you're looking with your world. You're, you're looking with your current state of being, and it can't see this because it doesn't know what to look for. And the mind just fills it in. Have you seen those writing examples where we can all read what it is when letters are missing and they're replaced by numbers and things? Your mind fills it in. But it's filling it in with what you know. Well if all I'm practicing is what I know then I'm not learning. So instead go with what you're feeling. So when you feel the technique, you go I felt my I felt that lift, I felt that momentary floating of my center which he is now calling a loss of balance that's given the opening for the strike or is working in a redundant system with the strike such that when I'm hit, I will have a tendency to not be able to hit back and I continue to lose my balance. I felt that. When you do the technique and you, you start grabbing at the arm, or let's just make the obvious one for today's training, you open your palm and you use your fingers to grab the wrist. You can't see that because your perception of sight is being inhibited by the vapor locking that's happening. But you can feel it. You can feel when you're pulling on the elbow or you can feel where the arm is loose and you don't have a center-to-center connection. You can feel all of these things even if you can't see how it was done. So what you do is start feeling for different things. If you feel your grab being used, start feeling for your grab not being used. If you feel slack in their arm, find out where it is. You feel it, take it up. So that when you project your center it actually projects their center it is it is very if we take this to the extreme it is very very possible to particularly let me let me give you a caveat it is very possible Once you know how to reconcile fear and reconcile pride, reconcile your self-attachment, right? It is very possible to live this world through feeling. Not dependent on the eyes. And when you do, there is a greater connection with everything around you to the point where subjectively you would go, this is actually what's real. My dependency on the eyes and, and my utilization of the eyes is actually n- not real. So when you're doing these techniques. I'll tell you what, I certainly am not the hell seeing the attack. They're too fast. You you feel the attacks. You're feeling it. You feel pressure. You feel hesitation. You, you, you feel matter moving through space but you also feel the intention that the person has. You feel weight. You feel friction. It's all operating at that level. It's not I see it and then I do it. There is in the average human being a three-quarter second delay between you seeing something and you doing something. Well, in a gunfight, that's death. But you can feel when that person's going for a weapon. And if you can't move, then you won't move again. And my subjective experience of that reality, my feeling it, my sensing it, right? My sensing they're going for the weapon that gets me to go for my weapon. It's it's potent. I feel it. It is real. And my delaying until I visually see him moving through space when you slow down that film long enough you can go back in hindsight and go look there's a telltale sign right there there's a pre-violent indicator right there You, you missed them though How can I call that blindness me being realistic? Me being in reality? And for an organism as we are, that is so capable of feeling so much, it just seems insane. To not investigate this further. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I I gave you the caveat for the person who has reconciled self, fear, pride. This is the way to go. I'm not asking the special snowflake who's overly sensitive to everything. Well, what do you feel? No, you're in delusion land. And if you penetrate that more, you'll see they actually aren't going on their feeling. They're still going on sight. Like, I feel like your words offend me. If you look deeper, you're going to see they got a whole visual narrative that they paint over and over that's not real. So I paint myself, for example, into a group. In order for this group to exist that I paint myself to be a part of, I have to actually be blind to all the differences in all the individuals. So that I can say I have a group. But I think good deshi are going to learn to accept that sight is restricted to what I know currently, to who I am currently. And learning must break through. And therefore, I have to suspend to some degree and find some workarounds that work to some degree to have me not be sight reliant, sight dependent. I I would say the opposite. I would say if you can see exactly what your teacher is doing then you already know everything from that teacher don't waste your time go find another teacher If you if you if your vision is capable of figuring out everything they're doing. You know everything they're doing. Move on. You need a better teacher. So let me give you some tools more in addition to feeling because maybe our fear and pride is still working on us our will-to-power, our self-attachment. And so I don't really have tools to get beyond what I'm seeing. This is where you have to combine the philosophy of of the art. Okay, so these tools were given to you in this class. Um, One for example, is grabbing is low percentage. So you have to now discipline yourself to find the technique without grabbing. And you have to be sincere enough in the quest for that philosophy to not grab in some kind of disguised way. So grabbing with my hands, okay, that's grabbing. Well, What does grabbing mean? I'm going to kind of pinch and trap your flesh in some sort of pinching device. Would you agree? So when you grab with your hands, you're using your fingers and your opposable thumb to create a pinching device and you go ahead and clasp bond to the limb or the wrist. Now, how is that different from my elbow joint closing my forearm and bicep around there? Do you see? Isn't that a grab too? Oh, well, that's high percentage grabbing. N- no, it's not. Because what made it low percentage was that that requires time. A pinching movement requires time. I already have the hand in one place, let's say, but now I have to close my fingers. That's another beat. And then the pinching device has to have the mechanical potential for holding on to this thing. So I probably can't grab that 280-pound person and expect to move them. You get it? They probably just look at me and mongo my fingers open. The other thing is that when I have a pinching device, I'm as much connected to this person as they are to me, meaning I'm as much being pinched as they are. And that means my mobility and my tactical options are being reduced. Do do you understand that? So my capacity to get to my handgun or my knife, is uh, you are not getting to it right now. You're going to have to wait. So for all these reasons, I don't want to do this kind of pinching mechanics whenever I don't have to. And I should try to learn how to do it. Well, what is a pinching mechanics? What is it? Well, it's an abundance of friction. You're, ty- you're trying to generate an abundance of friction so that you can manipulate their matter through space via pushing and pulling. That's, that's what you're trying to do. Well, is there a way of manipulating their matter through space without that abundance? And the answer is yes, it's ike. I'm going to use a combination of the inertia and the momentum and the gravity that is in play in the entire engagement to generate just enough friction to manipulate their matter in space. So this is why I gave you the other clue. Don't ask for much. Don't ask for much because you don't need much and you're not going to get much. So we didn't flip them over on their head. We just made them float and then I hit them. And if you look at the two things, let's say I'm going to martially weigh uh, Kotogashi Kihon and this other one, Atemi. Well, I'm throwing them down in both, right? But in one, I'm hitting them before I throw them down. I'm going to give that point to Atemi, right? The ground is going to hit them both, so that's kind of even. But when you add in that target selection, it has a tendency to make people go unconscious, if not actually physiologically unconscious, just mentally it preoccupies their mind. And so the chances of them hitting their head... On the ground, go way up because they're probably not going to remember their technique of how to keep their head off the ground. Do you, yeah, so point at Timmy. It's two to zero. Do, do you guys see that? Then I'm not wrestling somebody at the ground underneath me where people can counter. Right? I'm free of them, which means I'm now free to draw my weapons. Class three atemi, zero kotogashi, but I'm doing kotogashi, aren't I? The wrist is returning, and it's going to the outside. And as I said, also another pointer I gave you is that we're going to actually make Kotagayashi Kihon a base because we're going to build upon it. Well, then that means you're not going to do Kotagayashi Kihon. So if you are doing Kotagayashi Kihon, you're not doing what we're doing. So let's say you can't see what we're doing, But you got a clue, it's not Kotagayashi Kihon. So stop doing Kotagayashi Kihon. Start looking for other things. And that was a big problem in the class, wasn't it? Everyone got the correction, you're looking for too much. And when you look for too much, you can't do the strike. The target's gone. Do you see that? Well, what were you doing? Kotagayashi Kihon. Why? Because that's what your mind knows. So that's what you see. But if you use the pointer, don't do kotagashi Kihon. You can get yourself out of the known and into the new, the learned information, the trained you. So you you're constantly getting these pointers and I think you brought that up that as the details in the lesson plan come you can start to see but you know we have those videos you should go back and watch them all those details are usually given in the first demonstration where you totally can't see uh and then we have to keep going and do them again and if you watch the video you'll often see me come back and go Yeah, you guys didn't get this point that I'm repeating again. Because you're just seeing with who you are now. But in all of these cases, you're going to rely on your intellect... To try to break free of the you, of the self attachment that's making you blind. So you just don't, I don't grab, I don't pinch. I just want a tiny pop. I just want a tiny float of their center. That's all I need because I'd rather hit someone. Probably many of you go into Kotagaeshi. And there's a kind of lust to flip them. There must be some sort of power fantasy there. Well, there's way more power in knocking the hell out of them with an inward hand sword to the carotid area. You're lusting after the wrong thing. So you can use your intellect... To try to correct you, but I mean, this comes back to discipline, doesn't it? To stop myself. To get out of my own way. Which is what I define humility as. It's that process that really makes Budo training a a spiritual practice. I have to reconcile the self. Then, now you're training what ancient man referred to as your spirit. But if you keep coming onto the mat, you keep using your eyes, the eyes you walked in with, you don't apply discipline, you're going to just be practicing pride there is no spiritual training then you're doing the opposite you're reifying the ego and and this is how i see all your training when when you get stuck I, i'm not shaking my head like a coach who who can't get the the tight end to run the pattern. I'm shaking my head like I watch somebody who's really treating themselves very badly. It's a tragedy because it's such a simple thing. Just don't use your hand. And yet in the face of that simplicity, I can't get out of my own way. I can't stop myself from using my hand. My mind goes like, wow, if you can't get out of your own way when the only test we have is whether you open or close your fingers, I just, I can't see it. I can't see you getting out of your own way when the shit's hitting the fan. I can't see you serving people in need when they really need it. If you can't handle the small things, you're not going to handle the large things. We don't rise to the occasion, right? We do not rise to the occasion. We fall to the level of our training. So I always encourage you, make a big deal out of the fact that you can't stop grabbing. It's not a coordination problem, not when you come in fast and hard. It's a spiritual problem. Which is why when you try to get it, you you opt to slow down. Do you, do you understand that? You, you go, I'm going to slow down. What does that do for you? It decreases the intensity, which decreases the stress, which decreases the fear, which decreases the self-attachment. Well, I took all that out. Now I'm not spiritually training. I'm just exercising. I'm an exerciser. That's where I, I'll get on you, right? Hey, we're done uh, going slow. Right? You've heard me say that, a million. What is that? What are you accomplishing? They're not the same thing. Or when you stop the uke. That's not the same level of self-reconciliation when you allow the technique to stop. That's the same incapacity many of us have when we feel life's moving too fast. When we need escapes, vacations, breaks. This is what I'm trying to get at when I say the warrior operates at the speed of life. It must function at the speed of life. And what that means is no stopping... And no manipulation at the rate at which something is sequencing. You have to do it. It's why we train throughout the week. I give you the technique where you can handle it intellectually the entire way. But by the end of the week, we're going to pick it up. And we're going to move past the Kihon. We're going to take parts of it only and go somewhere else with it. And every time you can't make that jump it's because you don't know the kihon. When we were doing the kihon waza you weren't doing the things you were being told to do. You were grip dependent. We 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 did a little refresher of kihon Today, didn't we? And we saw how some of you don't have the hand on your sternum line. It's to the right or the left, and you are used to pulling it into place. Do do you remember that? Well, if I'm not grabbing now, then I can't push and pull. I can't do this technique. I can't do this. I was actually training to be grab-dependent. Because I was in fantasy land and that guy, that cop who's arrested people who don't want to go to jail and have fought and have attacked him, he is saying grips don't work, but I think they do. It's kind of ridiculous. So when I was telling you at the beginning of the week, don't pull, don't use your fingers, I'm connected, but I'm not gripping to make the technique work. You didn't believe me, and you didn't practice it. And so when we went off of that, you got left behind. What the sincere deshi does is go, well, I can see his fingers are closed. It does look like a grip, but he's not actually pinching he's not actually pulling it's just another contact point right which is what we did today i just i had a contact point and i used the contact point because i'm creating the adhesion through aikiki so when you're doing the beginning days of the week you should use your grip Feel your grip, and you know when you're squeezing because you're losing it. You know you're pulling, you know you're pushing, and you should use that to tell you instead where to move your body so that you're not pushing and pulling. So that you have, even in your fingers, even in a grip, zero pressure. So you're not dependent on the grip. Do you guys understand that? Every day should be like that. You you have to pay attention to the cues that are given to you because they're given to your intellect so that you can get past what your eyes are seeing, which is what your eyes cannot see. We have this snake scroll, right? And it has the the of the circle, the Zen circle in it, right? And you know that the idea here is that if I have like a fire or a torch and I move it around in a circle, our eyes think it's one light. But it's just one torch that's moving fast. Sometimes to the ancients they would point out like a line of torches going up the mountain resembled like a a worm, a dragon. It looks like it snake of some kind. They're playing with perception. Even the words enlightenment is a reference to truly seeing. You're bringing light to it. Awakening, the same thing. It's a reference to seeing. But true seeing, it's also noting the problem with our eyes. There's the suggestion that our eyes untrained have us in a kind of sleep a kind of darkness so in japanese culture watching is not so innocent it actually has a word we don't, they don't need a sentence like i'm going to go watch class megeko i practice it's a hearkening to this truth that my eyes have a tendency to deceive me because they are so dependent upon my mind. And the mind plagued by self is blind and is in darkness. And when you come to training like that, not only can you not find a way to not grip, to not have that pinching mechanism, you, that's all you see. That's all that's possible to you. All I can do is grip. All anyone can do is grip. Well, like I said, you restricted... You're learning. You already know how to grip. Cool. Go buy a black belt in gripping. Go. You can buy one. They're sold on Amazon. There's no governing body out there. Just go get it. You're a black belt in gripping. You could go further, too. Hey, you don't want to learn... How to see with different eyes. Seeing is not a problem for you. You're already a black belt then. Go get it. You, I got nothing for you here. But if you're serious, you're going to come into this problem of Seeing. It's just a problem of perception. It's not like the materialist suggests. You're not being asked to see unicorns, it's something real. And the problem of seeing is a real problem. And the serious deshi takes on that problem. And the deshi who's not serious does not. This concludes this episode of Budo, The Way of the Warrior podcast. For more information, please visit sentientcenter.com S-E-N-S-H-I-N C-E-N-T-E-R dot com or find us at Facebook at Sension Center and on our YouTube channel at Sension One. Thank you for listening.